yeah, it'll be interesting to um, ask him what was more difficult, the, the Blackburn South uh, <laughs> Box Hill Reporter League or, or the European League. Um, actually, I don't think it would be that much of a, a, uh, a comparison uh, in favour of yeah. the Box Hill Reporter League for some of the things that I've seen. <laughs> I think so as well. <laughs> Welcome back to Cricket Central. I am Ted Wern Jarvis, and with me this week is just Ethan Frabs. Pearson's, uh, well, he, he's pulled something on us. Uh, he initially told us that he had an exam that he had to prepare for, but, um, well, if his uh, activity or message is anything to go by, I think it's more that he just wants to focus his attention on the English cricket going on at the moment, which uh, is going fairly well for the English, um, you would have to say, but... Uh, Ethan, um, you're back as always, very consistent, as we say, even after a, a tough soccer game, you've managed to get here again. So uh, <laughs> good to, uh, I respect your consistency. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a bit shattered that I, I've missed the first hour of play and I, I've, come, I've come home in New Zealand at four for 13. Um, but at least my, my opinion that England are useless is, is still preserved. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of that quality that, of, the, of the first morning just yet. <laughs> yes, well, from from an Australian's perspective, it it was tough viewing in a in a way, but um, you know, it, it it was perfect scenes for, for English cricket. Really, we at Lords, of course, the first first day of the summer, beautiful blue sky, perfectly prepared outfield. It was all set up for a huge English performance, and for once, uh, they didn't disappoint. Jimmy Anderson getting a wicket in the, the just the second over of the match. Um, and uh, well, from from there, really, um, their start has just continued. I think it's five for thirty six as we speak. Um, Latham and Young both going for one. Williamson for two. Uh, Potts, the debutant, getting um, that wicket, and Pearson's already started raving about uh, his performances. Broad picking up Conway, uh, and then Potts a second, getting Daryl Mitchell. Yeah, so five for thirty six. Um, really. Couldn't have gone any better for um, Brendan McCullum in his uh, first test as coach, uh, could it? I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know if it's McCullum's coaching, Stokes' captaincy, or or just a bit of luck. Um, but but things certainly looking a lot different for for the English. I mean, we've got new life in, in their side. I think Stuart Broad was said he was very very happy with the setup they've got going. Um, and yeah, it, it makes sense to have a bit of a springing set. And I think. You know, we were already seeing subtle changes in the way they play the game. Stokes is out of slip and at mid-off having more of a discussion with the bowlers. And um, so far, it's all going really well for them. So we'll see how long they can uh, keep it up for and if that transitions into their batting as well. Mm, Yeah, just watching the the first hour, I think it's just the small things you can sense also. Even Bairstow taking an absolute blinder um, to to Smith, um, uh, Will Young, uh, in the first wicket, you know, they've had their problems in, in slips in the past. They're, they're taking, they've taken them all so far. There's other things. I think they've hit the stumps three or four times uh, in the field. It just seems to be a, a better a life around the team, we have to say at the moment. And well, with Broad and Anderson back in, I think they probably feel that they've had another life getting back in. It looked like earlier on this year in the West Indies, their careers had been kind of forcibly um, stopped uh, for, you know, kind of strange reasons for all of us looking on. 
um, but they're back and looking pretty good. But I guess the, the broader question is, you know, it's probably somewhat expected that New Zealand would probably struggle um, on the first day of the test. There's been a few, they've been a bit shaky for a while now, even at home, uh, in which has been a fortress for them for such a while. They have dropped games against Bangladesh. Um, and ever since they, they won the World Test Championship, they've probably struggled a bit. Williamson only just coming back in now, real lack of um, match fitness. Uh, do you think that this start would change your prediction? I think you predicted it was 1-0 New Zealand's way. Was that your, your prediction um, in the series? And I think... I think Pearson, I think I had 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, right. And Pearson was even more pessimistic going 2-0 yeah. um, New Zealand's mm. way. Uh, does this change it, you think? Well, you, you, can't, you can't judge a, a game until both, both teams have batted. And for all we know, New Zealand could get bowled out for 60 and England could get bowled out for 30. Um, but but I, I'd say from, at least from what, what we've seen here with the way New Zealand are playing, I mean, this is, it's, it's a New Zealand team that, although the personnel changes from the Tour of England last, last year are very minor, the, the form is almost completely different. You've got a, a team who was who was high high on confidence, who were virtually unbeatable at home, went on to win the World Test Championship. Now they've, you know, they they lost a test against Bangladesh at home. They lost a test against South Africa at home. They had one warm up game which they lost to the County Eleven, uh, and their players aren't really in great form either. I mean, Williamson had the, one of the worst IPLs ever. Um, and while it's a different format, I feel like that that does transition to an extent. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to stick with 1-1 because, you know, things can always change in the second test too. But if you're an England fan, I, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that you're a good chance of winning this series, uh, maybe 2-0. Mm, yeah, I, I think uh, Mark Taylor in commentary made the comment that, you know, um, the, the wickets are, are great to see, but... It, you know, perhaps they don't want to see too many wickets because uh, after the 10, we do know that the English are fond of yeah. <laughs> uh, a collapse. And with, with Alex Lees and, and Crawley up there, uh, you know, it, it could could turn very quickly. But um, no, it, so far, it's um, been enough to, to send Pearson over the moon. Uh, that's for sure. And I've got to say, it is good to see <laughs> England back up and about a little bit, as long as they're not playing Australia, you know, they're on the bottom of the world test championship ladder. They're not, <laughs> they're not going to challenge anybody. It, you know, you, you don't want to, don't want to see them have too much, much pain, especially on the, the Queen's Jubilee. So yeah. A yeah. Great. Great. Uh, yeah. It's been a, a good hour to watch anyway. Um, on uh, the, the other big match um, from from the last week was, of course, the IPL final between the Rajasthan Royals and the Gujarat Titans. Uh, there was, I think we were all sort of a bit sceptical of whether Rajasthan would be able to make it after obviously losing the first final to Gujarat. Um, but really an incredible performance uh, by Joss Butler um, to score a century, uh, really capping off his incredible season um, that he did have. They, they did make it, uh, but really uh, in the final hurdle, in the final game of the season, probably the, the, uh, the foibles that they had as a team came to the fore um, and eventually hurt them uh, in, in their lack of depth in particular. Just Butler struggled a fair bit. Uh, mainly, I think a lot of credit has to go to 
um, Shami and Ferguson starting off with the bowling. It's the first game of the season that I watched um, and a fantastic opening spell by both of them. Um, Jacewell dismissed fairly early uh, as well as Sanji Sampson. Uh, left a bit too much work for Joss, but the 39 of 35, he still put up a bit of a fight, but was was held down a fair bit. And then when Hardik Pandya um, got him out and, and with Rashid Khan turning the screws, um, there was really no way back from there. And they only managed 130, uh, which uh, just left it up to, to Gujarat, um, in particular Shubman Gill with 45 and Hardik Pandya again, who had a, a fantastic final. Um, to really just stroll to victory from there. And the celebration started pretty early. You would say really somewhat, um, you know, this was always going to be a risk for, for Rajasthan, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the, the better team won at, at the end of the day. If you, look, if you look at the cricket that Rajasthan played over the whole IPL, I think we, even though they made the final, I think we think they, they underperformed. I mean, their their whole team. There wasn't a real, really a period where they all played together and, and played with form, and it, and it was just in a couple of games off off the performances of one of of one or two players. And even with the final, you sensed that if Butler couldn't hit eighty not out, there there were no chance. And yeah, just looking at that scorecard, it's it's a very very painful scorecard to to look at. Everyone faced pretty much. Well, everyone faced at least nine balls and only one person could strike above 130. Um, and that was Jaswell, who only made 22. I mean, not, no one got going. And it's the story of their series, their season, really. They have many quality players. They've got plenty of talent. I think the best squad on paper. But they're, they're, there just wasn't that sustained period of batting together. And, you know, when, when you've got players like Devdit Padikar making two off 10 in, in the final... Um, you know, that, that's not a side where all the gears are clicking and, and the luck's run, running their way. Whereas Gujarat, they, they seem to have, you know, lots of the pieces coming together. Even though their top three wasn't fantastic, um, Hardik Pandya, David Miller, I mean, they, they, they were classed for the whole year. Um, and you sense that they had a, a, more, a more rounded squad. And I'm happy that the winner was a team that probably overperformed rather than underperformed. For sure. And winning in their debut season also mm. um, very impressive and a team really that you think could perhaps even improve um, going into next season if they perhaps had a, a couple bigger names uh, in their team, they could very easily challenge uh, again next season, you would say. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had a very good auction because they've got plenty of good players. Um, and that, yeah, as I mentioned, they're, they're top three largely didn't contribute to to most of their wins um it was a lot of four to seven um blazing at the end i mean shubman gill's a quality player but I mean, matthew wade's got an ipl trophy and a world cup trophy under his belt and i think it's fair to say he contributed a lot more to that world cup than than the ipl and he, he batted at seven and he probably faced about 20 balls i mean if he's batting three and sahar up top i mean they can certainly improve in those positions i think the key in future seasons will, will be form because what, what they had from David Miller and Hardik Pandya, that, that, that's pretty special stuff. And we haven't seen that from Miller in, in years. So if, if that keeps, keeps up, then certainly there'll be, you know, arguably favorites next season. Um, but it's, it's a big if. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, they've got the target on their, their back going to next season also. Just before we move on, I think we've got to mention Rashid Khan again, sort of went under the radar, I think, for a bit of the season um, because he well, didn't get the huge number of wickets um, that he has in past seasons, but finished up with an economy of just 6.6 uh, up there with one of the best, uh, performed again in the final. Um, and just the way when you're watching him, every ball, it seems like um, he's really challenging the batsman and could get a wicket. You know, every ball is is fantastic to watch from him. And um, yeah, another great season. All right. I think uh, not going to be a huge episode today. Not a huge amount happening in the cricketing world at the moment, but uh, we will touch on the T20 blast. Um, but first, we've got a bit of breaking news here that Pearson's uh, managed to break for us. Um uh, Jack Leach went off um, with uh, a concussion and a very sort of uncoordinated fielding effort in the outfield, you would have to say, um, and he won't be returning for the test. And now Matt Parkinson's um, driving down from Manchester, Pearson says, um, to replace him um, as the concussion substitute. Wasn't even in the uh, team uh, for today, like not even in the, in the squad, but he, he's come down. Um, and yeah, we'll, as soon as he gets here, it looks like he's going to be playing. I didn't know that was the rule that it could just be anyone in the country. Uh, but, um, yeah, he'll be making his test debut, Ethan. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm shocked. I, 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 I thought I knew it was a like for like rule, but I, I wouldn't have suspected you can just bring people into the team from outside of your squad. Um, I mean, surely, surely that advantage is the, the, the home team more potentially, but I mean, it, it, it's a little bit weird. Just imagine if we were playing in New Zealand and they give us a big turner and then we can just call up Schwepson from Queensland and he can just fly down and play in if someone gets concussed. Um, but I'm very happy that uh, Parkinson gets a game actually. Um, I think, I think Matt Parkinson's the, the best spinner in England. I don't really know what Jack Leach is doing in the team. And I'm, I'm excited to see Parkinson play. Um, always, always good to get a, a leg spinner in the in the side, and I think he deserves the position. Honestly, he takes three for sixty every single innings in the counties, um, and hope hopefully he he does all right. Let's 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 hope his batting isn't too poor that they uh, rule him out on that. Of course, Jack Leach is nothing special, but he's got a famous one not out to his name. Um, but I'm I'm very excited when when he gets thrown the ball. Mm, yes, and at least it may shut Pearson up for a while. He's been going on for ages about how he, it's an absolute mm. travesty that he hasn't got a test, but he's finally got the chance to prove himself. Um, although I don't know if it's a good or bad thing being called up for your first test just um, on the spot like this. It, I guess it doesn't have all the, the pressure of the build-up to your first test, but um, definitely I don't know if he was going to be playing a game today or probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, it Definitely interesting to see how he'll go. Uh, and just uh, another story um, on this test. It's, uh, yeah, well, if the rest of the summer is this uh, interesting, it, it's, it's going to be a good English summer, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, I do wonder just, like, how it works with, like, cap presentations and things like that yeah. because he's just going to start playing. To, he could be batting today, bro, we know. Well, exactly, yeah, we would talking before we went on about whether it um 
if a spinner went off, it had to be specifically a spinner or if it could be another bowler like Overton, mm. um, who would, in that case, most likely have been brought up. But, um, well, yeah, we, we've got the answer. It can be any like-for-like player from across the country. I would not be surprised if, you know, the if Ravi Ashwin ever becomes a coach of an international team, well, then I, I could see him uh, exploiting this, uh, <laughs> this role. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, well, the, yes, the, the T20 blast is going on, as, as Pearson keeps reminding us. And, um, well, uh, you, you've, it has been quite an entertaining, um, well, not having watched a game, there's been some interesting performances <laughs> by uh, a few different players, um, some unexpected ones, and maybe a few people resurrecting their careers. Um, uh, in particular, Chris Lynn, who scored a, a swashbuckling um, century um, just the other day, has 205 runs. Um, in just three innings overall um, and uh, looks back in some kind of form. Riley Rousseau also, um, 248 runs uh, in four innings um, and an average of 82. Another player who probably most people thought was sort of on the way out, um, he's performed well again. Uh, another uh, Australian, Josh Philippi, uh, had, a, had a good knock the other day. So probably the, the good thing about um, the blast, it's nowhere near the, the quality of the IPL um, or probably even the BBL in terms of the players they have and the quality of the matches. But um, on English, small English grounds, uh, it gives an opportunity to a few players that um, to sort of resurrect their careers and it produces some interesting results. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of teams, there's small grounds, someone hits 200 every second game. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad version of cricket, really. I mean, if you're if you're a fan, and whenever I go to T twenties, I think I'd rather see, you know, a very high scoring game than a, a very low scoring game, um, just because yeah, sometimes the the one thirties can drag out for a little bit, but two two hundreds obviously very high octane stuff. Um, you know, whether it's competitive is a different argument, but it's it's certainly interesting. And and you're right. There's been a number of names who you wouldn't have thought would would be the T20 stars of this league, but are making big runs. Um, it certainly makes sense just putting two and two together that Chris Lynn is dominating on small grounds in domestic cricket. He's, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to play Chris Lynn in a T20 for a for a club side. I mean, he just hits like 150 off 50 balls week to week in. Um, really, it's it's shades of that here, and it's it's always interesting seeing the people who dominate in the the red ball format struggle a little bit in the in the T20s too. So it's a nice audition setting, really, for the things like the hundred and and other domestic leagues. And we've seen a few players who have done well in the in the blast not not do so well in in other leagues like the BBL. But then again, the BBL is a, a hard league. To perform in, you know, many many English players, particularly like Will Jacks, Harry Brook. I mean, they've 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 struggled, um, but it's it is good to see in world cricket where we get some, you know, one sixty t twenty pitches, you know, a, a few two hundred scores getting thrown around. Yeah, and I think it has been one of the issues with the BBL in the last few seasons that it has become very bowler dominated. Um, the scores yeah. have been progressively going down, really. Um, and, yeah, I think, as you say, it is um, 
sort of a, the thing about uh, T20 cricket sometimes that uh, unless you have the super high quality games uh, like a T20 World Cup or in the IPL, it sometimes is better if you have some sort of second rate bowlers just sort of looping it down there and we just have a, a bit of a bat off. And, and that's definitely what it's been so far this season. Chris Lynn getting um, one into someone's house uh, next door. Um, an incredible shot there. I think only an English ground um, that could happen with a house right on the right next to the, the pitch, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and another big name, uh, Liam Livingston continues to perform. I think he made a 75 of about 30 um, or something uh, the other night. Um, there's been some calling for him to uh, be brought into the, the test team. I think, in fact, I think um, McCullum put the uh, call out there to to Livingston, uh, Mo and Ali, um, even, which was a bit of a surprise, and Joss Butler to sort of sort of bring them back into the folder and potentially uh, to bring them into the team later in the future. Do you think that's the, the right move by McCann? Well, it just shows how stupid this Jack Leach rule is. Mo and, Mo and Ali could be playing test cricket today if England, <laughs> if England decided they could, they could have brought him out of retirement, flown him down to the, to the ground and he, he could have been playing. Uh, and if, if McCullum was, maybe, maybe if the thought ran across his mind, maybe would have, we would have seen it happening. Um, honestly, I, I don't, like, a, I think he's, he's trying to keep all the options open. I, I, and, like, Livingston's name's been thrown around a couple of times over the last season. How does he get in the side is the question I'd, I'd ask. I mean, yeah, he's got a bat four, five, or six, and he's not going to bat ahead of Root or Stokes. So it has to be in that Bairstow spot. And then it's a matter of, out of all the backups England have, like you know, your Dan Lawrence, potentially Ollie Pope if, if they shift him down, maybe Liam Livingston. I mean, that, that's all a shout, but we need Bairstow to tail off first. So I think it is it is possible. And the, the issue with someone like a Liam Livingston is he doesn't play much red ball cricket because he's a T20 circuit star. Um, do they want to give him a shout? I mean, he'd certainly match an aggressive style of cricket. I think it, it might be worthwhile, um, but but certainly not not for a little bit because Besto has got that spot pinned down. Moeen Ali, again, I, I, I don't see that happening really. I, I guess they are touring the subcontinent. They are going to Pakistan, I believe. So they're looking to play probably two spinners there. But I think, again, you'd probably say Leach and Parkinson. And then Liam Patterson-White's a pretty decent backup. Don't really see how Moeen Ali gets in the frame. Josh Butler, I, I think, is probably the most viable. Um, but McCullum said himself that he'd rather give players too many games than too few. And I, I think Ben Stoke, Ben Folk, sorry, uh, is too big of a prospect. I mean, he's been hitting county runs fun and he's widely regarded as the best keeper in England. So I, I'd want to give him as, as many games as, as needed, really. And then, you know, Butler can try and work his way back into the side around that. Yeah, I think it's a good move to when you come into the team, bring everyone back into the fold and say, you know, if you mm. perform, there'll be an opportunity there. I think it's something that Australia could perhaps learn from um, where there seems to be players who are sort of blackballed and, you know, they're sort of out of the um, rotation of, of getting spoken about. Um, it's good to bring them back in. But, yeah, 
specifically on the players they're talking about, I think, especially with Moen Ali, it's probably time to, to move on from him. He, you know, he's obviously been a, a pretty good spinner for them, but has had his issues, um, especially in Australia, hasn't been super effective, I don't think, in, in the subcontinent and doesn't really play that role of an all-rounder that well for them. Just Butler, sort of the same, you know, he, he's had plenty of chances. Yes, he's performing um, unbelievably well uh, in the IPL, but it's probably, it seems a bit of a regression to to go back to them um, when they when they do have other options, as you say. Uh, but yeah, definitely a sign McCullum is stamping his, his sort of um, mark on the team in terms of the direction they, they want to go for. All right, is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about? I, I think we... It really the, the the length of the episodes are really shortened without Pearson rambling on yeah. <laughs> for decades. Uh, any other thing things caught your eye? Well, the the Netherlands are, are playing West Indies in a in an ODI series, and uh, one one player from uh, Blackburn South, the, the club we all we all play for, Scott Edwards. He, he normally bats six for the Netherlands, actually, but he's he's batting number three today. Um, and I, I do check all the all the Netherlands scorecards just just to see if he's um, made a couple of runs. Normally, it's, you know, not, not, normally it's uh, you know pretty pretty grim. Uh, but today, <laughs> batting at number three, forty five not out off sixty two balls. Um, you know, for someone who averages twenty eight, that's that's not a bad start. Um, and we've got 10, 10 overs left, so if he can get that to a nice seventy not out. I think I think that would make the the Blackburn South faithful pretty happy. We really should have opened with that. I, I always forget that we have a, a friend of the show uh, performing uh, for the Netherlands. And uh, actually, I think in the early days of, of the podcast, we had um, the Netherlands being our biggest uh, listeners for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I, I always thought it, it, it must have been some sort of mistake in, in the software, but yeah, it always showed that the Netherlands um, we had, you know, I think it was <laughs> two or three listeners, but um, yeah, they were up there. So maybe that the words getting uh, around, uh, um, yeah, maybe we should would cater more to our, our Netherlands. Yeah, that, that, that's fascinating. That. Yeah, I think yeah. having I, I played one one game with with Scott actually in a in a T twenty. Um, uh, I can say his his reverse sweeps are what he's known for at, at Blackburn South. He he pulls out these reverse ramps and manages to hit them for six somehow. And he yeah he's when he does play the, in the T20 side, he's, he's had a couple of hundreds and hundred and fifties. And while he hasn't had too much success at the international level, he did play I think a little bit in the uh, European Cricket League. <laughs> And and he hit like a he's hitting like 150 not outs and just smacking them all around. But we, we know the quality of that pump. But uh, yeah, certainly a, a star in the European world, perhaps. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to um, ask him what was more difficult: the the Blackburn South uh, <laughs> Box Hill Reporter League or or the European League? Um, actually, I don't think. It would be that much of a, 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 a comparison uh, in favour of the Box Hill Reporter League for some yeah. of the things that I've seen. I think so as well. <laughs> yeah, but no, but promoted to, to number three. He, he's got his big opportunity, so we'll have to re- report back on that next week. Um, yeah, well, 
we'll see if he can, you know, make it a mainstay at number three. That'd be quality. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, we, yeah, we might add. We'll have to find some way of of marketing this to to the Netherlands. He's probably the hero. <laughs> He's the hero of the Netherlands. Uh, up over yeah. there. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for playing the lone hand um, today, Ethan. I know it's been it's been good. I, I think it's it's nice to you know. Get, get in an episode where England have got the opposition six for 39 without Pearson so we can, uh, you know, brace ourselves for what might be to come next time and just, you know, not have all, all, all the pommy slander at, at once. Yes, that's right. But, yeah, I think early next week uh, Pearson's keen to come back on once he's finished his exams, which I, I fear may not go so well for him if, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, if his, his study habits or anything to go by. But, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm sure he'll be, be back gloating uh, about, uh, yeah, quite a remarkable start to the English summer, um, that's for sure. But uh, on that note, thank you all for listening um, and goodbye.